tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Welcome to the Village Vision Podcast, where community, collaboration, and care converge. I'm Dr. Crystal Morrison, and I'm honored to be your host on this incredible journey. As a firm believer in the power of a united village, I'm thrilled to bring you inspiring stories, research, and projects that break down barriers in child and family care. Through heartfelt conversations with experts, advocates, and those with lived experiences, we'll showcase the transformative impact of collective support. So join me on the Village Vision podcast as we explore the remarkable collaborations that lead to better outcomes, foster a sense of community, and inspire action to improve care for ourselves and everyone around us. On today's episode, I'm here with Samson Johnson. Samson is a native Pittsburgher and my neighbor. He's a philosopher and an avid youth mentor. Welcome, Samson. Hi, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Crystal, for having me, for the things you have going on. And I'm honored to be on your podcast. Thank you so much. You know, Samson, you and I had a great few conversations recently about the importance of human connection just that, how we naturally crave human connection. And not only human connection, but doing the important work on ourselves first before we can really accept help for others. But I want to talk about that and we'll get there. But before we go there, I want you to share with our listeners a little bit more about the why behind your message. So can you share a bit of your personal story with us? Sure, I'd love to. So I grew up here in Pittsburgh. I was adopted by my mother, father. I was adopted with six other brothers who were also kind of in the same situation with, you know, foster care and uh, abandonment and things like that. So my mother decided and my father uh, decided to adopt us. I grew up over in Edgewood. But before that, we lived in Homewood, actually. And then my father took sick and he had to be on a ventilator and all that stuff. And so Mm -hmm. we had to actually move for better living situations. Right. Uh, and so we moved to my mom got a house in Edgewood. And that's where my life started to cut, really take un- and unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't remember much of my uh, Homewood when I lived in Homewood. But mm-hmm. I remember that from that time forward, then my life starts to take off, as they say. Yeah. So I growing up over in Edgewood. Um, so my family, my mom and my dad, they were Orthodox practicing Jews. And uh-huh. so I grew up with that. They taught us a lot about that. We would go to school and things like that. From there, my mom, she didn't really want us in public schools, and she had her reasons. So we went to private schools. And, you know, the funny thing about it is that being Jewish, you're supposed to be going to Jewish schools. Um, but mm-hmm. we did not go to Jewish schools. I recall remembering that we went to a Islamic school, mm-hmm. a Christian school, and a Catholic school. And so the thing about that is that it's just like, it's so... Interesting because, you know, I think that was the takeoff point of interacting with the broad people of everyday life. Right. And having that experience, you know, I've come to realize that everybody is struggling with some of the same things that we struggle with altogether. 
Right. And the why for why I want fit in my message is that, you know, growing up, I grew up with a lot of trauma. I didn't know how to use that trauma and try to navigate my my life after leaving my mother's house at 18. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have any male role models or any of that stuff. It was kind of like winging it on my own and being with other people who were in similar situations. Right. And from there, you know, I just started navigating my life. I mean, I was homeless for a little bit and I slept in the laundromat and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all this stuff kind of takes a toll on you and it can take a toll on you from either you can turn out and start hating the world or hating the existence, or you can take it and use it as fuel to help navigate you and to help better other people and tell them, hey, I've been there. You know, right. I know that this isn't the end result. And you can use that, the, that type of information to help people. One of the biggest things for me that, you know, I'm, I'm a full advocate of the universe coming in and help guiding you. And I've had a lot of that, actually, universe coming in and helping guiding me into directions that, you know, I couldn't even imagine. And then also stuff that you look back and you're like, why would, why would I want that? You know, um, but it so happened that the universe was navigating me towards young people yes, and youth. And so, you know, oftentimes I ended up meeting them in uh, the neighborhood of Squirrel Hill and meeting them at coffee shops. And it wasn't like I was going out looking for them. I would be sitting down reading my philosophy books yeah. and they would come up to me. Hey, man, I like your shirt. I like the book. And then we just started building a friendship or a relationship or connection and, you know, go from there it was something that I always questioned. I was like, what? Why are, why are they coming up to me? Why do they want my information? Because, you know, it was coming from a place of, I'm not good enough. Right. You know, why would anything good happen to me? And that was because of the trauma that I grew up with at my house growing up. So, so there's, there's something that I want to tease out a little bit, especially because mm -hmm our audience could be listening to us today as opposed mm -hmm. to video. And mm -hmm. I uh, am a mother in a transracial family. I have two children mm -hmm. who are Black. You are Black. Mm -hmm. You were adopted mm -hmm. by an Orthodox Jewish family that was white. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of that trauma that's wrapped into that is also you know, that sense of abandonment, but also your mm -hmm. identity, your your identity and, and who you mm -hmm. are. So for listeners, I know that my own teenage son, you know, really looks up to Samson in a big way as this strong black role model who is willing to talk to you and listen to you and, and just be a real shining example of a great human being. So I wanted mm -hmm. to acknowledge that certainly. And, and also thank, thank you, you, of course, <laughs> for that role. So let's Thanks. transition a little bit and talk about your, your message today, that okay. message about human connection, that message about really working on yourself before you mm -hmm. can accept help from others. What are some of those things that you're really focused on right now for yourself, but that you're also sharing actively with others? It seems to be the case, you know, as I transitioned into this like age that I am now, it's interesting. I, I found myself on a journey, you know, so when I was in my early 20s and, you know, I didn't find it, I didn't see anything happening. I was still trying to navigate and then as I started reaching my late 20s, now it's starting to hit me. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that 
I've realized is that as you're trying to navigate life and you, you start to run into obstacles and you start to run into situations where, you know, your relationships aren't adding up and things mm-hmm. are happening and you just don't know why. And it, it, it sometimes can be a continuous thing. And so oftentimes the case is, is that because we're not solving it at the root. Right. And so one of the things that I realized was that I was doing some gardening work and I happened to be just pulling the roots of the, the weeds from the surface. And then I had a buddy, he said to me, hey, there's this tool and you go down with it and you pluck it up. Yeah. And then you get all of it. You get the root, the stem, all of that. And so what I kind of started, and I'm a philosopher, so I take everything and I analyze it. Sure. Um, it can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. <laughs> I'm the I, same. You know. The same. <laughs> so I analyzed that and I started looking at my life and I was like, wow, this is probably the cause of my suffering mm. and all the stuff that's going on right now is because I'm, I have all this stuff from my childhood masked up. I have all this stuff of trying to find my identity because I was told by my parents, this is me, this is not, you know, telling, right. and people in general telling me this type of stuff. Exactly. And so what I realized was that I needed to start doing some self-care and root work. Right. And so I kind of realized that. And from there, I just, it's, it's been a, it's been a treadmill because I've been going and reading books and, you know, just unrevealing all this information that I had no idea about who we are as human beings. You know, there's that quote from Shrek the movie that he says that ogres have layers. And so when I look at that, I look at our, as human beings, we have layers. We're complicated individuals and we're not something that you can just switch on and switch off. And if you don't start doing the work now, it's going to be tougher as you get older. Right, right. And it's much more difficult because people are expecting you to be an adult. And mm-hmm. not, you're not a kid anymore. You're not a child anymore. They're expecting you to be an adult and behave as an adult would in society. Yeah. And so. So for you, Samson, I, doing that root work, mm-hmm. what, what has that looked like for you? What has that involved for, for you and maybe your relationships? So it's involved a lot of self-internalizing and also mm-hmm. just self-consciousness, like to the way I think, the way I act and do different things. And so I, I really believe that. It, it has helped me and it has gotten me to where I'm at today. And so a lot of the self-work that you do is honestly, you, you know, for me, it was a little more difficult because I was running away from everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be bothered. I didn't want to sit down. But, you know, as the saying goes, just because you go somewhere else doesn't mean anything. Your problems follow you. Right. And so I found out was that, I, I actually started realizing that I had a lot of this stuff going on and it was because of my childhood mm-hmm. and growing up with all the abuse and trauma that I went through. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading this book and it was called, It's Not Your Fault. And it, it was about this guy who wanted to go over to the Middle East and talk with the Buddha, but the Buddha told him to go home, take care of your family. And he kept telling him that. And the, and the guy was like, I'm fine. I don't need to go home. I'm here to talk with you. Right. And so it went on for a little bit. And what happened was he ended up listening and taking the Buddha's advice. And he started to find out the reason why this stuff was happening to him was because of his childhood and he did yeah. not take care of it. Yeah. And so I read that book and I actually started seeing the patterns in my own life unfolding. Mm-hmm. And I started now reaching out and doing all this self-care that, that you know, 
I never had done before. Mm -hmm. And there was this saying that I grew up with where they would say, can't love anybody else if you don't love yourself. And I would always think, I love myself. I shower, I smell good and all that stuff. Uh But that's just the bare necessities. Loving oneself is taking yourself for everything and all who you are, Mm -hmm. you know, the bad and the good, you know, and not punishing yourself for all the stuff that happened to you and not blaming yourself. Right. Sometimes a lot of us are addicted to things. And so oftentimes the addiction comes in for an advocate of what you're doing. Your body is now trying to recompensate for all this other stuff. And that's where the addictions come in yeah. um, because it's telling you something. So it's not you, the individual that's bad or anything's wrong with you. Right. Your body's trying to help you. Right. And so right. oftentimes addictions are, you know, things that come up and they actually are trying to tell us something like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're addicted to this because when you were a kid, you were left out of this. So you want human connection. That's why we do things like we watch, you know, all these different things and, you know, all the stuff that goes on. All of this is from the root work that we're not doing. Yeah. You know, you talk a a little bit about, uh, you've mentioned trauma several times and, Mm -hmm. We hear a lot today about, you know, trauma-informed care in the school systems and people who are doing trauma-informed work for public service, whether it be, you know, police officers or firefighters or community workers. And, and so there's a lot more talk about trauma in the world. And what I've found is that we often look at that as other people's trauma and how it's impacting what they're doing or what they're doing to us. But your focus is really internally, right? You know, the, the trauma yeah. that you experienced and how that has shaped the lens that you see the world. And, mm-hmm. and we, all, we all have trauma to different degrees, but one of the absolutely best books on this topic that, that really got me to thinking differently is What Happened to You by Dr. Bruce Perry. It's a really mm-hmm. phenomenal book, but what, you know, the main thing he talks about is we always ask people, what's wrong? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. What's wrong? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and we're implying that something is wrong with them, but the question should really be, what happened to you? Yes, what yes. What happened to you that you know, really kind of prompted some of of the behavior or the things that you're experiencing. And so Mm -hmm. an excellent book, but I definitely wanted to acknowledge that when we hear a lot about trauma and and, and we talk in terms of other people's trauma, but our own Mm -hmm. trauma, our own trauma has shaped how we see and experience and navigate the world, right? Yeah. So... We've had so many really good conversations and you are really passionate about working with youth. You, you do a great mm-hmm. job through different roles you've had in the past and you have now. What's the key message that you would want to leave a teenager with if you were chatting with them in the coffee shop or if you met them in the gym? What's, what's something key that you would want to impart on them? So I would like to, usually I like to add, uh, tell them is that, um, or I like to, you know, give this to them as a message and say that, you know, life is going to be difficult and life is going to 
go up and down and turn you around like roller coasters. But the biggest thing is that you have to kind of become creative and use your resources that you have out there and not let it bother you to the point where you think that it's not hopeful and that, you know, this is the end run and yeah. that nothing's ever going to get better. So I like to leave them with uh, messages of hope. And I like to leave them with, you know, sometimes skills to help get them through the next stages that are coming. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm a big advocate for the gym because of the simple fact that, you know, when you go to the gym, it's not just like what people try to make it seem that it is. It's literally people. It's a community. Right. And it's a community of people who are all struggling and have decided to come to this place and work out and, you know, communicate and, you know, the things that life throw at us. So for instance, if you're lifting dumbbells or barbell, you know, even if you're running, there's all these different things that are in this gym helping you to navigate life. And I think that I like to tell the, the teenagers or the people that I work with, the youth that, you know, use the gym as, as, as a way out, as an outlet to yeah. help you navigate all this, you know, things that might be coming about. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes what happens is, is that, you know, what I've learned in my, in my uh, process of working with youth is that there is no, you have to have an outlet of certain things in order to let all that negative energy that life is throwing at you and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. And so I usually go to the gym for those exact purposes, just so I can have a peace of mind and take care of my mental health. And I like to leave that with them. It's basically find an outlet for yourself. Yeah. Because life is going to be tough and difficult. And if you don't have an outlet, you know, that stuff can become internalized. All that stress and, you know, anxiety can now just be sitting. And, you know, the oftentimes about that stuff is if it's just sitting and you don't have an outlet, usually what happens is you explode. And sometimes we explode on the wrong people, spouses, family members, friends, and people don't know what's going on at this point. And they're wondering why this individual is upset. But it's because he hasn't found an outlet yeah. to life stressors. Even if it's not going to the gym, walking, taking a walk, doing something that's going to help relieve that tension. Yeah, so I'm a big advocate of that. And that's what I usually try to have the messages of, you know, find something that you can do that's going to be an outlet to help you relieve mm-hmm. that tension, you know, and help you navigate all the life stressors because the gym can be a thing where it can help you discipline you as well. And it trickles down and helps you to navigate all other aspects of life you know Mm -hmm. so if you you know for instance if you're looking for a job and you don't know if you're qualified or anything like that you know the gym can be something that helps you because now you're going up to the weight you don't know if you can lift that and then you go and you lift it and you're like wow i did it right and so things like that you know can be you know you have to go and ask you know hey are you guys hiring or you know hey can i get that raise you know and i'm not a and i'm a big advocate of you know i had one friend in my early, when I started all this journey, I didn't know anything about resume work. Sure. And I didn't know anything about this and that. And so I had a friend, he would say, hey, yeah, here's the information, do it yourself. And I just thought that that was, I never liked that because I was like, that's not something I think people will respond well to. You just giving them information and just telling them to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Obviously I've been figuring out stuff for my entire life. This is not, I don't want to keep doing that. And so I, I think it's better to lead by example and also show an individual how it's done. Agreed. Yeah, that's a, that's a great 
great advice in so many ways. Well, we're going to wrap up today. Samson, thank you so much for joining us today on the Village Vision podcast. I really admire you tremendously and, and admire you for doing that root work, not only talking about the work that you've done on yourself, but encouraging other people to do the same and you know, really giving them a framework and encouraging them. It's incredibly mm -hmm. powerful to have that example. So I'm grateful that you shared your story with our listeners. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor to be on the show and I uh, wish you the best and all the success to come with the show and everything like Great. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. So thank you for joining us on this episode of the Village Vision Podcast. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights from our conversation today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and share. Thank you for being a part of the Village Vision Podcast on Word of Mom Radio. Take care, and let's keep shining a light on the power of community, collaboration, and care. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true, she is true. She is brave, she is brave, she is bold, she is bold, she is you, she is you, she is you, she is you, she is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true, she is true. She is brave, she is brave, she is bold, she is bold, she is you, she is you, she is you, she is you. Sure of herself, yeah, she takes care of biz, powerful and strong. Yeah, she knows who she is, has integrity, woman strong and true. You know her by name, see this woman is you. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true, she is true. She is brave, she is brave, she is bold, she is bold, she is you, she is you, she is you, she is you, she is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true, she is true. She is strong.